Welcome to Ag Future presented by Alltech. Join us from the 2022 Alltech One Conference as we explore opportunities within agri-food, business, and beyond. I'm Tom Martin with the Alltech Ag Future podcast series, and with us is Mike DeGroote, founding partner and director of TD Beef, an ESG-friendly cattle procurement company positioned to bridge the gap between the dairy and beef industries. TD operates a beef-on-dairy supply chain that tracks cattle and data from conception to consumption. DeGroote and his partners Jake and Jason Tulls raise cattle on the Tulls family's ranches in eastern New Mexico and west Texas. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me. Mike, you have a very collaborative philosophy about working to make sure that everybody in the supply chain profits. Tell us about that supply chain. Who is in it? Yeah, thanks, Tom. So in its most basic form, what TD Beef is trying to do is make better beef faster. And everything starts with the selection of the genetics and then at conception. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they just move down the supply chain and become great beef at the end. There's a lot of partners and those, um, every one of those partners has a responsibility for the genetic expression of the semen that we're using. So for example, it starts at conception with the dairyman. That calf, when it's born, will move through a calf ranch, which is where my partners are and all of the TD cattle are housed. From there, they go to a feedlot, from a feedlot to the packer, and then eventually, you know, to your plate. In your promotional materials, you tell us that your company creates black cattle that offer a green solution. Tell us what that means. Yeah, so that's that's fun, and that's a developing space right now, okay? So... I'm not a scientist, okay, and that's going to be very clear, but I love systems, and I'm a dairy kid, and so systems are what make us function at high levels of efficiency, and what I know is the carbon created follows the mother and the milk. Therefore, the calf that comes out, the black calf that comes out, is carbon neutral, and in some cases, uh, a story can be told that it might be carbon negative if it's produced off of dairies that are capturing methane in the form of methane digesters. So we know from that level, we're obviously reducing our carbon footprint and there's some offsets there that people can be participating in. However, something more specific is how quickly our cattle convert and perform because of the genetics that we're using. So for example, our cattle get to 350 pounds 18 days earlier than their generic counterparts. Now, a Holstein steer could not even get to 300 pounds in the same time that our TD beef are getting to 350. Hmm. So you can imagine what we're looking at there from a data standpoint is how many days on feed less are we by feeding TD beef as compared to feeding uh, Holstein steers. Uh, Mike, I watched a promotional video that featured a client talking about the hardiness of TD black bulls. What distinguishes TD bulls? Yeah, so, you know, when... Beef on dairy originally started, the only criteria was that they needed to have a black hide. That was the only selection criteria. Now, a black hide is not necessarily conducive to performance or value down the supply chain. And because we have the ability to select genetics with specific traits that favor everyone throughout the supply chain, it's easy for us to create cattle that are uniform. So to that gentleman's point, all of our bulls meet certain requirements that favor a feedlot and a packer. Therefore, when the babies are produced and they're on the ground, they're noticeably different than their generic counterparts. 
Dairy composites are a growing market in the beef industry. What are dairy composites, and, and how did this concept get its uh, start? How did it find its way into the beef world? Yeah, in 2015, sorted semen made its way to the market in a major way, and dairymen adopted that technology, and what it allowed them to do was create as many heifers as they needed from the animals that they desired to create them from. So there was this strategic approach in their breeding program create heifers from the superior animals that could help you, and then you were still left with other animals that needed to get pregnant. But it made no sense to use conventional semen because if it were female, then of course it would go into the lactating herd. And if it were male, then, you know, a Holstein steer is not as ideal as a beef steer. And in fact, there was almost like 130 to $150 difference between the two. So a dairyman didn't have to, you know, he doesn't need a calculator to understand, just switch the type of semen and you're going to make more money. And so was this kind of the uh, advent of beef on dairy? Certainly so. Um, it wasn't, uh, it was just very simple at this, at this point. There wasn't a lot of strategy because, you know, the main driver of revenue for a dairy is always going to be milk. But a lot of people weren't necessarily focusing on anything other than just a black hide. Did that kind of break down a barrier that had been in existence for as long as we can remember between beef and dairy? Yes, it was a it, an incredible paradigm shift in the market. Uh, how does beef on dairy production affect the beef supply chain? That's such a great question. I'm really actually glad you asked that. It does not hmm. affect the beef supply chain. And the reason for that is we're not creating any more beef animals than we were before. They're just different color on the hide. So, for example, Holstein steers have always made their way into the feedlots and through the packer. And they were great animals because they were predictable, but they were inferior to their native counterparts. However, the dairymen now can create the same animal, but more marketable and more ESG friendly if they choose, you know, for example, TD beef. These last few years have been unstable, even volatile. Uh, the markets have been, and there's plenty of uncertainty about what's going to happen in the future. If you're in the dairy business, does it make sense to have a plan B, like breeding a portion of your herd to beef sires, as a way to create that second revenue stream? Well, multiple streams of revenue is always a good idea. Yeah, it's always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think dairymen are strategically positioned with the most sustainable unit on the planet today. And I'll, I'll flesh that out for you. And a cow can produce 25,000 pounds of milk, a 600 pound carcass, and now we're capturing their methane for renewable gases that can fly jets across the pond. And, and, and these are just from cows that people started out just to produce milk. So that's, that's working sustainability, isn't it? Absolutely. What beef bull breeds are most in demand for breeding to a dairy animal, and what makes those breeds most desirable? Well, it's still a relatively new space, so I would say it's undetermined. But the data would start to suggest that the Angus Holstein cross is the most ideal cross. But there are, uh, we use limousine, Sim Angus, and Charlet as well. And all of those do have different values, but right now we're still trying to collect all of the data to be able to articulate that accurately and to, to figure out which is the best. What considerations, such as a genetic plan, for example, 
should be developed before we launch into a beef on dairy line? Uh, inventory. You need to know how many animals you need. Again, going back to the main driver is milk production, and a dairyman really needs to keep his eye on the ball. But that does not mean that there's not a tremendous opportunity for him in the beef space. But the priority is to identify which heifers and how many you want to create, and then the excess animals that will not be bred to sorted semen can be bred to uh, TD beef or or any desired uh, beef breed. Are uh, feedlots and packers expecting more data on genetics? They are, and that's exactly the problem that TD beef solved. So in 2015, because the criteria was only a black hide, all of these animals made their way through the supply chain and into the packer, and I talked to a lot of feedlots and packers that said, we would prefer the Holsteins rather than what you're sending us. And I said, well, wait we're solving this problem. And they said, well, what are you doing? I said, we're going to start demanding that they use a certain uh, semen with a genetic profile that suits you. We're going to reward the dairyman by paying them a premium for that product. And if you give us enough time, we will start to deliver and demonstrate that we could change what you've had. Now, it wasn't entirely easy to walk that back, you know, that sour taste in their mouth, but we are at a point now where feedlots and packers who originally were not interested in these cattle are incredibly interested. But there are some market dynamics that we have to consider as well. So the fundamentals right now is that there's a deteriorating native uh, cattle supply, drought, feed costs, access to feed. But the dairyman creates these types of animals every single day. And they offer us the ability to age, source, and capture any other data that we want. And so it's very attractive to feedlots and packers now, but it wasn't originally. Well, that's really interesting. Some in the industry are, are calling for more transparency and more consistency, which would kind of flow with what you were just talking about. Uh, do you agree with the need? And if so, what solutions does TD Beef bring to that problem? Oh, yeah. Transparency is the only way to go. And that's how we're going to do this. You know, TDB, all of our cards are on the table face up. And, and we've postured ourselves to lead with transparency in a way or in an effort to collaborate with everyone in the supply chain. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that others have participated to that degree, but we're certainly making that effort. And the shift is happening. And we recognize that we're better together. And it's a rising tide lifts all ships, Right. And that's what's happening here in this space. I, people want a story about their beef. And so that's why, like, I came up with from conception to consumption. You know, between those two points is 500 days. In this supply chain, we have no issue telling you where the animal came from, how it was raised, what it was fed, its performance in the feedlots. And, you know, maybe we'll get to a point where there's a QR code on there. And when you're eating your steak, you simply swipe that and you'll, you'll see the story about TD Beef. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, and, and I'm just curious, what kind of smart technologies come into play in, in your work and in what you're doing? Well, it's that technology that helps all of us do a better job. And specifically, we're starting to work with a company out of the UK called Breeder. Uh, the CEO and founder there is a gentleman by the name of Ian Wheel. And what he does is he allows us to understand what is happening to the cattle with data collection and then 
extrapolates all of that data and then articulates it to everyone within the supply chain. So what I mean by that is everybody is always concerned with performance, first of all, because if you don't have good performance on the front end, we already know you're not going to have good performance on the back end. But we can demonstrate certain groups of cattle are more likely to hit prime than separate those cattle and sell those specifically to people who will reward us for doing it. And prime is a, is a grade, of course, a specific grade. It's really limitless, but prior to this, we didn't really collect that type of data or share it. We're very excited about what the upper limits of that look like now. Very agile in our ability to progressively improve the supply chain because of that smart technology. Well, Mike, based on your experience and in your view, what are the biggest opportunities in this dairy composites market? You know, having experienced my first Alltech One conference, what I recognized when Dr. Lyons was speaking today and then the lady right after him was all of the science suggests that we could aim at profits and protect the planet at the same time. And you need the science, but you need a system. And they're equally powerful, but uniquely different. And apart from one another, their purpose is, is limited. But when you're in this space and you can adopt the science in a system like TD Beef, it gives everyone an opportunity not just to create a more marketable product, but it allows you to care for the environment at the same way. And I, and I go back to how quickly these cattle are converting and gaining weight simply because we are starting by choosing the right semen and then allowing full genetic expression on our ranches by maintaining a good environment with a great nutritional program. It's science, isn't it? It is science. Mike DeGroote, founding partner and director of TD Beef. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. For the Alltech Ag Future podcast series, I'm Tom Martin. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.